it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our brand new MMA Roasted Podcast. It is me. I'm Adam Hunter. I am in Edmonton with Mitch Clark. Mitch, Danger Zone Clark uh, from Edmonton. Uh, If you guys like our podcast, you can tip us at tipafighter.com, tipafighter.com. I'm here. I made it. Uh, I was... It took me, Mitch, it took me um, eight, nine hours to get here. I left 11.45 Tuesday night. I did the Dime Bar show, performed with Kato Kalin, uh, who's okay. He had some good OJ jokes, pretty funny guy, uh, as well as stuttering John Melendez. I'm like, if you would have told me this like in the 10 years ago, I'd be performing with stuttering John and Kato. I'd be like, you're out of your mind. But I did that, then I hopped on a flight, then I had a nine-hour layover in Seattle. Because I wanted to get there for the show, but I did. I got here. Show was great. Canadians, always the best crowd members. Uh, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. You know, just keeping busy, doing a lot, doing a lot of teaching and training, and just trying to get back into shape, and you know, hopefully get a fight in the new, in next little while. So nice. Now, now, um, so I was at your last fight. Uh, you fought, <laughs> kind of. What was his name? The guy you fought, Joe Duffy. Joe Duffy. Uh, I put money on you. Uh, Sorry, dude. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I, I it was it was a uh, parlay, but and I lost another fight in that thing too, so it wouldn't matter. But it, you were like a six to one underdog, um, and I thought if you caught this guy, your ground skills were far superior to Joe Duffy. Uh, however, uh, he came out. He hit you with a right hand, right? Yep. Um, and uh, and and you fell. But was it was that the hardest you've been hit in a fight? No, no. Um, I'll. Al definitely hit me harder. Al, I can definitely hit harder. But uh, when I went to step on, on like I fell way weirder. Like when Joe hit me, my my knee blew apart. Like I tore uh, my meniscus, LCL, and and PCL all had tears in them. So I went to like went to step on it, and then shit just exploded. Essentially, uh, no, no. So he hits you, and it just. Right there, just the impact? No, I threw that little short left hook, which, like, kind of, I hit his glove, and he threw that bomb right hand, but when I threw the left hook, and I went to step on my foot, something felt weird, and I'm sure you had the same thing when you you blew your knee, like, something feels weird, and then something bad happens, and then uh, he clocks me, and you go to do that stutter step, because you're kind of fucked up, and you go to step, and then just, kaboom, and then, like, on the ground... I was I, I was on my back and I was like you're awake but you can't like I couldn't lift my leg and it, it's terrifying you know what I mean like where you're trying to figure out what I'm gonna do before I get pummeled by this gigantic <laughs> Irishman so um like and, and most of my stuff is like it, it's using like heel to butt like toe pick mo- motions and didn't happen and I ended up kind of go trying to go underneath and then he took my back and even even then I'm trying to use my dead leg to to put my shoulders on the mat and he got that choke and there's nothing I could do. I thought my ACL was gone and you know, it's the best of a bad situation. Bad things happen. Um, and then, you know, all the props to Joe, it, it just, uh, I, I didn't get the fight unfortunately. And it, that's the most disappointing thing. You, you, people win, people lose, but not getting to fight, but being in a fight is just awful. 
So like when he hit when he hit you, you you, you weren't unconscious at all, or you were t- you were totally you knew where you were. I could see it. my eyes were open. I could see everything. It's not like um, where you know your eyes are open and you're just like in la la land. Like I could see everything, especially as soon as I was on the mat. I was like sitting there and trying to figure out how to move my leg. I felt so bad for you, man. I was just like, because uh, I remember one, I wanted you to win. You're my friend. Uh, number two, I knew how hard you trained for the fight. And then when you told me that with your MC, I'm like, oh, shit, man. That's got to be, you're stuck. You're just, you're just stuck. So they take you right to the hospital afterwards? Yeah, that was, they, they, they hit me with a couple of shots of, of morphine and some Demerol and stuff like that. So that was kind of cool. But it was, uh, it, it, was, it was weird, the hospital, because that was, I think there's nine guys in the hospital from that event. Wow. And it was just like, we're all just crammed in this, this ER. And I'm like trying to get more, (laughs) you know, more, more painkillers just so I can, you know, crush my sadness and the pain. And, uh, you know, and then everyone gets told we have to wait and we're like, well, what's going on? And this one kid had had a fireworks explode while he was holding it in his face. And it was the, it was just like, you, you, it made me realize that what happened to me was so minuscule. Like it was well, so many fireworks in your face as well, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mine, mine was a little bit less devastating, <laughs> but like, um, my, my coach grabs, uh, one of my jerseys and, and one of our hats. So when, like they have the Canadian flag on, so I don't know if he'd like to as much, but he gives them to this family. Oh, that's just, awesome. Just because we, we felt so bad for this kid. He's, I think he was like seven or eight, you know, young kid. And, obviously in pain and uh, you know it like it was a bad situation but it could have been so much worse dude i felt bad for you man because uh just because because i wanted to like i said when you went but also your family flew in right uh, from canada and they, they came to my show your your, your stepmom was hot by the way very attractive stepmom uh and, <laughs> and, and and like your dad your, your dad wanted to come and stuff and i'm just like man this fucking guy but you know what mitch you you've won a lot your record is what 10 and three now uh 11 and four 11 and four you've had a lot of victories in your life this is not like a case where this like, like you know you're not talented you had what i thought was the submission of the year over ally Quinta, who, who who's right there and, and and you're right there i mean you're 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 edmonton you're the best fighter at edmonton we have we, we got that so far right yeah yeah I, I guess so it's like between me and sheldon westcott who's also from here yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but like i just he he'll he'll be fighting in uh, at Super Bowl weekend, so I I gotta get a fight after that, so I can we can both keep winning. Nice. So I can I, I want to keep that title. So <laughs> I like Sheldon a lot and his, uh, his girlfriend that came to my show. Oh, very cool. Now you trained at Jackson's for this? For the last one, yeah, I trained with Jackson's, and uh, it was the first time changing camps, and uh, it was it was it was mind blowing just because the amount of staff they have there and the amount of crazy good training partners was just, and the, just the setup you're, you're in the dorms attached to, to the gym is, is it's a crazy, like if you want to train at 4am, I got my key card. I go downstairs, me and a training partner, we can go train, you know what I mean? And they, they have such a great setup. They have uh, an ortho clinic there. So you get like your stuff worked on, um, you know, great training partners, obviously in, in so many different, looks at at sports like there's so many striking coaches so many wrestling coaches you know you got uh coach greg and coach coach wink both masterminds in their in their sports it was just it was a cool experience i have nothing bad to say about my old camp it was just like i was able to get so much more attention because there's so many great coaches like 
Now, some of the guys you train with, you, you were sparring with Donald Cerrone. Yep. Uh, now, how did how how you do? Did you you beat his ass? Or? Oh yeah, no. <laughs> uh, actually, you know, I it was it was kind of humbling as well. Um, you never know, like with someone watching someone, how hard they hit. Donald hits very very hard, and then I I was brought down to the with all the one fifty fivers. So I got good rounds with uh, with Pettis. When he, when he came down there and with Diego Sanchez was one of my main training partners because you're getting ready for Joe and he had some bad luck as well. Is he as crazy as, as you would think? You know, um, you know, he, he's kind of a, a little bit, but it's not like a like a nutty crazy. It's just like I think it's changed. He's just he's crazy with positivity. Everything is just about being as positive as possible and just trying to like he loves that like motivation through words kind of thing. And he, he's he's a very good guy. Um and, and you know, I, I think we we built a really good relationship, and and actually, he's a great training partner. I, I was expecting to have horror stories, you know. what I mean, yeah, with, he, he won his last fight, right? Didn't Diego? Yeah, win? He yeah. Won. Marcin. He, he's one of these dudes, Diego. Where, um, you know, like a guy like Diego, like his last fight. I'm like, all right, if he doesn't win this fight, maybe it's time to hang it up. And he wins with like flying colors against a young, up, a young tough guy in Marcin Held. But you almost like, I, I just hope. I mean, Diego's been so many battles. The dude just, but he's so entertaining, and and you can't help but root for him every time. He, he's and you gotta think he's been fighting for what fifteen years. Yeah, UFC one, UFC Ultimate Fighter one, yeah, UFC Ultimate one, Fighter yeah. one, and and he had X amount of fights before that because he came in what twelve and 0, 9 and zero, something like that. The he he just had to keep evolving his game. And now we're starting to see him get hit less, which is probably a nice thing because I like Diego. Yeah. But like you know, the like when he fought Jim Miller, he wasn't all cut up. Like every fight, I I, I heard he the the doctors are always ready to give Diego stitches. They know Diego's fighting; they have stitches ready. Oh, really? And then he comes back after the Jim Miller fight, no stitches, and like, well, I have all this stuff ready. Now, now, <laughs> now, when you're going up against guys like Anthony Pettis, Donald Cerrone. Um, Diego Sanchez, and you're holding your own. Uh, you're doing well against these guys. I mean, your confidence must be through the roof. You know, it's a it's a weird feeling because it'll usually take a couple rounds to kind of, kind of get in there. The, when when you're doing the sparring and stuff like that, and like I'm I'm in I'm I'm either in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, which is the middle of nowhere, or um, or here in Edmonton, you, you you get almost a little bit starstruck. So you got kind of like breathe and then get used to it but like knowing that you're doing well with these world-class guys is definitely a confidence booster and especially with such the positivity of 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 that gym it just you know it gives you that that confidence which i think is another reason why i was so disappointed in the result was because i'd had great training partners great coaching i'd made all this progress during the training camp and uh, I, I felt confident and positive and then kaboom your your, your knee goes out after taking a big shot you know uh, my one coach, Chad, he was like, well, you know, like we were, we thought we get hit hard and then, okay, now it's time to fight because that's pretty much every fight it's been just almost lately. So uh, I want to change that obviously, but I, I'm, you know, I, I'm looking at this year coming in with positivity and, and really growing as an athlete because, and, and as a person, obviously, because we can't put everything into just being an athlete. Uh, just being happy is a big thing. What was your nickname at the gym? Do they call you like the homeless warrior or something? Or what did they call you? I didn't have a beard, actually. I oh. had everything was, uh, I was just, I was sometimes called Canada. 
Canada. Because yeah. it's easier to remember Canada than Mitch. Right. It's just <laughs> funny. I could just see you as this like fish out of water, this nice Canadian guy coming in. And <laughs> well, I'm kind of like uh, very unassuming looking. Like I just look like I fix computers for a living. <laughs> I, I got, you know, this, I got curly hair and I kind of this terrible posture and just kind of like slump forward. I got like kind of like knock knees. And uh, it was just like, and then you come in there and you're ripping doubles on these big name guys. And you're like, well, maybe we got to watch out for these nerds. So maybe eventually you can give some hope to the nerds in the future. That's great. That's really, really cool. Uh, Now, I remember last time you came to my comedy show, on the way out, I was telling girls, I'm like, he's in the uh, UFC. And they were like, you're right. You got to be 200 pounds to be in the UFC. And I looked at you. You had this defeatist look like, I just, I can't even get respect in my hometown, which made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Story of my life. You know what I mean? Like, and part of it is just looking normal. I got no tattoos, no tan. I just, I just looked like a normal person. And, and also I, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't puff my chest out. It's, Fighting is something I do, but it's not doesn't define who I am as a person. And he, you know, probably knowing so many fighters, you know, guys are like that's where they rest their hat on is being a fighter. Oh, yeah. Like that's that's them. That's their personality, and that's fine. That could be you. But like, I like other shit. I like cooking. I used to play violin. What? <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, how do you, when do you play violin? Uh, I learned after my first UFC fight, and then I just stopped last. This should year. be your gimmick. Like going there with a violin. <laughs> that would be you need a gimmick the danger zone's okay but you coming in as the violinist people would take notice well it was hard on the hands you know what oh, i mean yeah. like you go hit pads and then i got i don't have like i don't have these tiny little little dainty fingers i got these big kind of like fat useless things that like look at this finger it's obviously broken several times yeah. um but like I, I did because I liked it and it was hard to learn and that was a big part of the reason why I like doing it like you like challenging yourself so it's just about for me it's i love fighting i love hiking you know reverse engineering things and strategy and how everything can become so important so everyone's does it for a different reason but yeah i don't even get respect here it's okay <laughs> you will you will i always include you in my top five fighters from canada of all time score i always say I to go patrick cote i say uh what's his name uh george George, uh, GSP, obviously. <laughs> uh, the dude that um, lost to Carlos Newton. Oh, yeah. And then, then uh, I said Mitch Clark. I, you're always my number four. Yeah. So you're, you're right there. Nice. Um, now, uh, last time we, you had on the podcast, you had this girlfriend that was local. <laughs> she was a theater major. You guys were like two nerds. You were the fighters. She was the, <laughs> the theater. She was pretty hot. I saw pictures. What happened? Uh, you know, I think... You just grow apart, and like I came back, and basically the words were, "I just don't love you anymore." And I was just like, uh, "And you know, it, it well, it's tough, you know. What I mean, but the thing is uh, that I kind of like learned, yeah, it sucks, <laughs> but but you can only get fifty percent into a relationship, really. You know, what I mean, like if I'm doing all the work, I can the most I can give is fifty, and uh, it was it was pretty devastating because it was like. I'm in a in a fucking cast for my leg and you got no one like you don't have anyone that you know to nurture you in a sense like you need that support from a significant other but you know what like you you move forward because you really can't rely on on another person for you got to be true to you that no, kind actually of- now now it's all coming to me because I remember we, we were Skyping from yeah. the show 
and, and you're sitting there like, I could just tell you were so depressed. <laughs> and it was after your fight. I'm like, man, hang in there, man. At least you got that hot girlfriend. And then I look over to you and you're about to cry. <laughs> and you just said no. And then I go, all right, man, uh, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> One of the most awkward exchanges <laughs> I've ever had with anybody. But she left you when you were in a cast? Yeah. What a bitch. That's that's horrible, man. I mean, at least you could do is like give you some sympathy puss or something. That's terrible. I don't know how like mobile I'd be, you know what I mean? Well, whatever. Like... She could roll you back and forth or something. <laughs> that's hard. She left you then? Yeah. Oh man. Could we have her like Twitter handle or something? We could say things to her. No, I'm kidding. No, nah, you know what I mean? Like it, it's People grow, people grow apart, and it's just like, it's one of those things where you're like, ah, fuck, it sucks, but if you dwell on it, you can't move forward, and you know, I met uh, another girl, uh, she's my wrestling coach's boss, so I like to tell my wrestling coach I'm his boss now, <laughs> so it, it works out well. <laughs> so you guys, you guys are like together now? Yeah, to now, now her, her name's Sarah, she's super nice, she works in HR and stuff, she's super cute. Doesn't know anything about fighting, and you know it's not a bad thing. White she, girl, black girl, Asian, white, a tiny white girl. Nice. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, right. you know, sometimes bad shit has to happen for good things to happen as well. Okay. You guys live together yet or no? No, it's only been fucking four months. Four months. Oh, so, yeah. were you, like, were you on Tinder at all, or? I uh, I was on Tinder, like, and yeah, you know, like, yeah, I played the dirtbag role, you know. Really? Well, you could be a nice guy on Tinder. Come on. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I don't know. When I was on Tinder, I first of all, I ended up spending so much money on dates because you're like, hey, where are you going to go? Sushi, sushi. They always pick the best place. Finally, it was just coffee. The problem yeah. with the coffee date is you can't, you're not going to score afterwards. No. Nope. Like a sushi date, at least, hey, want to go back for drinks or something or go back to my place or just do something. Whereas a coffee date, it's like you're literally like validating your, your thing, your, park. for, your, your parking, and that's it, <laughs> which is okay, but, but, but it's just, you're definitely not, I mean, you're not going to make out with a girl in the, in the coffee bean parking lot. And if, if you do, it's probably not the kind of girl that you want to see again. But if you, you know, so it's, it's hard to gauge whether a girl likes you or not. So I, I used to need the physical evidence. I would need a girl to hook up to, for me to know. That they like, like you? Yeah. Not always, but for the most <laughs> part. Like, I remember going on three dates with this one girl, and she never even kissed me. And she's like, we're not there yet. But she kept wanting to go on more and more dates. I'm like, this chick's just trying to get free meals out of me. You know, was like, she homeless? No. She, but she just thought, I don't know. And then I saw her at a comedy club like a week later. She was on a date. And I, I was just kind of giving her 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 date a hard time, <laughs> you know. So well, he probably paid for the tickets and stuff like that. Exactly. So. <laughs> just, some girls look at it as just a, a, a totally. They look at Tinder as a free way to get meals, and it's just to me, it's like that's just a wasting everyone's time. Well, so. it, it's kind of hard. It, it, a lot of. Unfortunately, Tinder is kind of like evolved in that way where people are looking at it as just a hookup kind of thing. You know, other other things like that. Was it Bumble? Bumble, yeah. Bumble and stuff. Bumble's way better. Well, number one, girls seem to be hotter. Yeah, they do something where they put the hotter girls up front for some yeah, reason. Yeah, you know, way better. Anyway, <laughs> um, the big thing is, is just like if you're going in just to hook up, it's kind of hard to really decipher where, you know, like where you draw the line of like, I'm going to keep paying for stuff. You right. know what I mean? Where it's just, you know, it's non-committal. You know what I mean? If in Bumble and stuff like that, you're supposed to be looking for commitment, but the probably I don't know. Is similar. I, I, you know, uh, it was good though. Like I actually met my current fiance on Bumble. Uh, not my current, my, my fiance, my current fiance, <laughs> my, my only, my only fiance. I mean, I'm, but we had worked together. We knew each other before that. 
Yeah. We just re- we just reconnected. So it, it, it did work. And um, she was actually wanted to put on the wedding invites. He swiped right. Or, I'm like, no, no, do not put that. It's, it's our joke, but just let's keep it as our joke. We, I don't want that on the wedding invite <laughs> at all. Uh, I'm excited for the wedding, though. It's going to be good. Have you ever been engaged? or No. 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 Um, it's because so. it looked like a caveman half the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, have you emailed Sean Shelby about uh, another fight? Uh, my manager has, so um, I, I need to make sure my knee was kind of where it needed to be. And I have a great strength conditioning and rehab facility that I go to in, in Edmonton, uh, River Valley Health. They've been doing it. And, you know, even a, three months in, I was starting to be able to do squatting movements and stuff like that, which is way ahead of, of where we were supposed to be. So, like... I was getting there as much as possible because I just, I wanted it so bad. I want to come back so bad. And you know, the other time where I lost two in a row, I had those two big wins over John McGuire and, and, and Al It's just because, you know, sometimes bad shit, like I said, bad shit has to happen for you to kind of like shift and figure out what you want. And I want to be back. I want to, I want to finish dudes. I want to come fight and I want to show people what I can do instead of like these little blips of, what of was your fight before a, that? Before Kiesa. Uh, Michael Chiesa, yes, yeah. yes, yes. That was a, a war. Yeah. Uh, that was a war. I yeah. Mean, I, I had no idea how good Chiesa would be. Like, I knew he was going to be good. Yeah. But when he submitted Benny in the second round. That's crazy. That's when I'm like, whoa. Because everybody, like Ellenberger was just like, this kid's the next future champ, which mm-hmm. he might be Benny mm-hmm. Darius. I mean, he's a great fighter. Yep. But I did not know he was going to be, Chiesa would be that good. I didn't, think, I didn't see Chiesa submitting him. No, definitely not. Well, like he submitted Jim Miller. And 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 Benny, and both are world class black belts. Like especially Benny. Like didn't he win Pan Ams? Yeah. Like he's very very good, and and just Kiesa makes it happen. He he's very talented, and you know it was just. And then me and him went to war. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a war. Now you were trying to think about going into pro wrestling. Yeah. What um, there? Well, I was starting to, and then you know having no knee makes it hard to do stuff. I. I contacted one former uh pro wrestler who was in the wwe and he told me a i was too small b i was too old who's that lance storm oh come on well, you're, not, you're not too you're how old are you 30 yeah 30 years old and you're not that there are, guys, there are guys that are as big as you well i think he's just kind of a dink yeah uh <laughs> you know but I, i've talking to some other guys in like vancouver and stuff and they he wants me to come out he also does like catch wrestling and grappling tournaments he wants me to come out you know, you just you know something to do in the off side, off time, like kind of like Barnett loves pro wrestling. I love pro wrestling, so uh, the big thing is kind of like getting my foot in the door and start learning more of 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 how to do it. But that's always in the future. What, what, uh, what would your name be? Oh, I have no idea. Come on, you got to think of a gimmick, no? Uh, it's, I I want to get away from the danger zone thing. <laughs> the for, violinist? Uh, oh yeah, that's that's way better. <laughs> it's way better. Um, I don't know. Uh, couple ideas just kind of like just working my way so the the big thing is just uh, i want to i want to kind of take it the same way i did with mma of just like you want to soak yourself in and learn as much as possible and you know i think i've i might have something on the go of figuring out how to do it properly so and that's a big thing nice that's so funny like i could just see telling your parents guys i'm no longer gonna be a fighter they're gonna be like relieved you know (laughs) I'm going to pro wrestling. And you're like, <laughs> like, fuck. Next step, porn. No, I'm kidding. But uh, 
Did you, uh, b- by the way, we talked a little bit of off, off air about Ronda's fight. Where did you think of the whole Ronda Rousey situation? Mm, it's, it's tough. You know, a lot of people are jumping on top of her. It's almost the point where I feel bad for her. Uh, the thing is, is I, I don't, her coach seems to be steering her in a very wrong direction. Why would you be taking someone who's world-class judoka and, and make them, uh, try and make them a straight boxer, but also combined with, like, she almost looked like she hadn't sparred. Like, not that she she didn't train. She looked like she hadn't been sparring or sparring with the right people because she got got hit a couple hard times, and then it was just, like, reeling back. Like, I, I got to give her credit. She she was, did not want to go down. She wanted to stay in that fight as hard as possible. But, you know, I, I, I'm wondering how much she sparred or, like, what her training was like. You know, it's, it's a tough, tough situation. I, I feel bad for her because she seemed like she wanted to be back, and, you know, who knows what kind of happened, but... Hopefully that's not the end of her. You know, I hope so. Yeah, I mean, a part of me, I don't know what they're going to do with her. I mean, there, there was rumors about her possibly working in the broadcast booth at Fox, and I don't know if that's her, her forte, uh, public speaking, especially since, you know, she seems to hate the media and mm-hmm. actually become the media. That's weird. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, they're going to have to give her some kind of a, you know, I wouldn't say softball opponent, because there really aren't many softball opponents in that in that regard, and anyone who's fighting Ronda is going to look at it as the biggest fight of their life. No one's going to go in there and be like, okay, but maybe someone who doesn't have power, uh, knockout power, which there are a lot of people there mm-hmm. in that in that in that division that don't really have no knockouts on their record. Uh, but I don't know. It's weird. But then you know, she does get three million dollars for that fight. I mean. I've seen people take a lot more of a beating for a lot less. Yeah. And, you know, do I feel bad for her? No, I don't feel bad for her. I don't know where she goes from here. Uh, people say, oh, she'll have a movie career. Like, really? I mean, movies are $20 now. Like, am I, am I going to pay <laughs> 20 bucks to see her act? I mean, maybe if you put her in like a Fast and the Furious, you know, 12 32. or whatever the fuck they're up to or triple X, you know, nine or whatever <laughs> it is, then maybe, or maybe overseas, she can be in a movie, a big movie star overseas. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's strange, but she, you know, she wasn't nice to me. So I, I'm, I, I feel a lot worse. I felt a lot worse for you. Uh, I feel a lot worse for Mike Pyle. Mm. I feel a lot worse for people like that who, who have been nice people to me and, and who don't make $3 million. I mean, I mean Mike Pyle, how many wars has that guy been in? He's been fighting forever. Like forever. he's and like he was one of the guys who really got like when WC was just starting and it was like that other faction before it got bought by uh, by the Maybe. yeah like it was. I, I he's so talented and and he I, I hope he's fighting because he loves fighting. You know what I mean? So he definitely loves fighting, and he's I mean, a really nice guy too. Against Rampage, his first fight ever. That's fucked. In the history of fighting. You're like, <laughs> you go to, in the history of his fighting, you go and fight Rampage as your first fight. I mean, if that was me and, I, and my corner set me up, I'd be like, this is really, this is the guy you have you fighting first? <laughs> like, the, you can't think of an easier fight. Uh, but, uh, so what do you think about BJ Penn looking in the future against Yair Rodriguez? That's a, I don't think we really got to see BJ at 145 actually be able to fight. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know what his training was like, but like you hear those horror stories, like all those write-ups of, of him in, uh, um, like him in, whatchamacallit, uh, like when him running to, like in Hawaii with fucking, what's his name, Dolce's doing this and that. It's just, 
fucking... Yeah, that was... Him and Dolce did not... That was not a good match. No. I was at that fight against Frankie Edgar. That's hard to watch. And that, that, I, was, I was really hoping that was the last we see of BJ Penn because that just... Um, that, that was, that was really hard to watch, like you said. And, and I, you know, putting him up against Yair Rodriguez, I'd, I'd much rather see BJ Penn versus Jim Miller or two guys that are past their prime fight each other. I mean, to now, it just seems like Yair is on the up and up. He's undefeated. Like, I, I was there what he did to uh, Touchy Feely, and it was... That was crazy. I did not expect that. Like, that came out of nowhere. And then he had that crazy fight with uh, Bruce Leroy... Uh, yeah, 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 but but I think Leroy is a better matchup for him because he's also a really awkward fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, also on that card uh, is uh, Joe Lozon, Marcin Held. Oh yeah, I think that's a great card, a uh, great fight. You know, both guys very uh, aggressive standing, combined with guys are both super good on the ground. I I I, I trained with Marcin. <clears throat> Excuse me, he he's crazy good on the ground. Like his footlock stuff is is insane like it was the most events i've ever besides like when i did a private with dean lister it was the most advanced leg locks i've ever i've ever done yeah like, he's, and he's super nice so he, you think marcin wins this fight mm, joe's looks so good lately I, i'm gonna give it to joe just because of uh he has that momentum going into it i hope joe wins i mean you can't i mean look the guy's just a legend in the sport, you know, he's had that thing with his kid, and it's just, mm-hmm. the guy's, you know, it seems like a real nice guy. Yeah. You never hear anything bad about Joe Lozon. You never hear him shit-talking people either. He just wants to fight because he loves fighting, and, yeah, yeah. And there's a guy that I feel like the UFC should be promoting more, mm-hmm. be, rather than Sage Northcutt, or even uh, the girl, Paige Van Zandt. I mean, a guy like Joe Lozon. I mean, has he ever been in a boring fight, ever? I mean, his record is 26-13. and 13. He's had 39 fights. That's fucking crazy. Uh, all of which have been probably amazing. Even the Kiesa fight was insane. Yeah. Uh, so I hope I hope Lozon wins. Court McGee versus Ben Saunders. Very good fight. Uh, Court McGee says he's the Conor McGregor of Utah. Uh, <laughs> I like Court. I mean, he, uh, we know about his like battles with addiction and drugs and came back and won the Ultimate Fighter. Ben Saunders is a friend of mine. Another guy that's just, you know, you can't put him away. You think you can, you can't. Uh, he just keeps coming back. Who do you think wins this fight? Uh, I, I want to, I want to say Court, but he hasn't like at one seventy. I don't really. I, I like him better at eighty five. To be honest, I feel like he he moves better at eighty five. I I'm gonna go with Ben. All right, Ben Saunders. Uh, Caraway is out of this fight. He, he got something happened with Caraway. It's funny because Caraway got injured, and all over social media this morning was like, "You're a pussy. You're a pussy." Really? He's a pussy? The guy's had 29 fights. Uh, he, he's beaten a lot of good guys. Why, why is he a pussy? Because he fucks Misha Tate? Well, it's, how, it's, it's, anonymous, it's anonymous people telling you you suck. Like, I got a shitload of it after I lost to Duffy. Really? Oh, yeah. Because um, I got asked a, a certain question, like, which one of your last, like, your UFC fights is most similar to Joe Duffy? And I'm like, well, he's not like Chiesa. He's not really like Al, where he's a powerhouse wrestler with and I said John McGuire because he's a good counterpuncher, moves well with boxing, has good jujitsu. And then I got like shit on and got told how fucking stupid I am and I suck. And then it just goes on from there. And Did you just, respond to any of it or no? No, I just, I, I have this new thing where if you start talking shit, I just block you. Oh, really? <laughs> I, either, I either block you or I like it. Oh, like, yeah. Like if somebody says Adam Hunter is the worst comic I've ever seen. He sucks. I just like it. That's a good call. I Cause like that. Because then, then it's like people, what, I mean, just kind of like, what, what are they going to say to that? Mm-hmm. So John Moroga versus Sergio Pettis. 
Uh, oh, fuck. That's tough. That's a tough one for me. I'm, I'm going to abstain. Well, because like uh, when I was at the lab, I used to train with John Moraga. Super good guy. Trains really hard, really nice. And then when I went to, to Jackson's, Sergio, uh, Sergio, Sergio was there. Sergio was really down to earth, super cool kid. And I think he has a lot of potential uh, just because uh, – you know, he, he just wants to learn. He, he's a super cool cat. So Even his losses, the ones he lost, I remember he lost to uh, the baby face assassin kid. I forgot the, his name. but uh, Benoit. Benoit. It's like he's got caught, right, in the third? Yeah. He was winning that fight. He got caught. Yeah, big overhand. And, and I think he got caught in another fight, too, where he was he was winning. And then it just seems like, you know, it's like he kind of grew up in the UFC. And that, that's a hard place to kind of learn on the job. Well, like that was when Anthony was was. Like at the top, and then they, this kid's five and zero, six and zero. So they just bring him in because of the name value, and he's super talented, obviously. But and then you know that's a that's a rough place to really start your career. Did they ever say why they left Rupasport? I think that they still go there every once in a while. Like they still have a really good relationship, but they never they never told me. I, I think they they just want lots of perspectives of of learning. I think is a big thing, which I think is is good when you're at the top of the sport. Were you surprised when Pettis got stopped his last fight? I was, he was, uh, he's so dynamic standing, like trying to like spar with him. And you're like, I don't know what the fuck you're going to do. Really? You know, it's like, he just movement is all in his zone. He's so dynamic in how he uses the cage and he keeps everything nice and tight. And he's a really, really good training partner. Did he do his, uh, that crazy kick on you? No, I got lucky. I just tried to stuff him up and grab him as soon as possible and take him down. So, yeah, it's funny though. I've heard stories about Askren and Pettis and even Askren and uh, Woodley, and it just seems like Askren, like, man, it's kind of a shame he's not in the UFC because you just hear so many, you hear so many gym stories about yeah. how, how good Askren does against these guys, Fuck and yeah. man, it's such a shame because I don't think that would happen in other sports. Like, I think even in other sports, let's say um, Roger Goodell, uh, who's the commissioner of football, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say you're on the Jets and you're the quarterback for Roger Goodell, and you're like, "Fuck Roger Goodell," like you might get fine. They wouldn't kick you out of the league. Uh, whereas, you know, Askren calls Dana White up, like a, a fat, bald idiot or whatever he called him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, we're not going to sign you now. Like, go, you know, Well, that might not be the exact reason, but that's one of the reasons. Do, do you think that they would have signed? If he hadn't said that, do you think they would have signed him? I think, I, I think so. I just also think that 1FC, from what I hear, pays him six figures a fight. Dear Lord. And... They're not going to match that. They're going to start him off at twenty twenty or yeah. thirty thirty, and for him to do that is like, well, why? You know, I could fight easier guys mm-hmm. for more money. Why would I take a pay cut? And you know, he's got two kids, a wife, uh, and he has a good business. He has the Ben Askren wrestling yeah. camps. So for him, it's it's a it's a great business move. I mean, why would you do that? You could fight easier guys. I I know guys that went to Bellator, former UFC guys that were ranked in the top five, who have told me. I fight easier guys for more money. And under that logic, I mean, of course, me being like, you know, trying to be as pure as I am. No, man, you have to fight the best guys. But looking at it from a business standpoint, sure. I mean, why not? If, 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 if I was at a con, if somebody said you could work, you know, the, the improv or the comedy seller and get paid $10, or you could work, you know, Jack's chuckle fuck in, in uh, <laughs> in Pomona or whatever for $5,000, I go to Jack's Chucklefuck. What the fuck do I care? 
So looking at it that way, I think I think the thing that changes too is it we're doing the sport for so long, and then once you start having a family and realizing you have to provide and also set yourself up for the future, their perspectives change. Yeah. So they like maybe these guys are thinking about their kids, their family, and how they want to set themselves up even for future business adventures. But when you're going up, sometimes. You, you like for for a lot of guys in the UFC, they want to fight because they want to re, be the UFC champion. Being Bellator champion is a great thing, but it doesn't hold uh, hold the same ring as yeah. as UFC champion at this point. Yeah, but well, that might be changing though because uh, like right now with this WME thing, like they there's no fights on the books really. In, in like a, a fight that's like there's there's a card like six weeks from now and no one knows who's on there. You know, yeah, I mean? that's not good. I think the 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 thing that might happen is is just with all the staff changes is that they're playing catch up, so it's just it's it's tough to to catch up with 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 changing staff, new people being brought in and learning as they go is super tough. But fans are not loyal. No. I mean, I, <laughs> I hate to say it, but you know, fans quickly forget about a lot of things. They they quickly forget. I mean, how many people now are saying Ronda Rousey sucks? Like she never beat anybody. Like she beat the best girls mm-hmm. that were in her division at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, she beat Sarah McMahon. You know, this McMahon does not suck. No, nope. uh, she beat Misha Tate twice. Misha does not suck. Uh, she beat uh, Alexis Kat Davis, Zagano, Alexis Davis, whoever they put in front of her. She yeah, murdered. But now you people like you know, and that's the thing. People are making these videos and memes and this. And I'm like, man, I I don't know. So Frankie Sands, you know him? Uh, I do not, but I know I know Tonquino. Uh, Augusta Mendez. Yeah, I I got Mendez all day. He's a fucking stud. Have you but, trained with him? Yeah, he he's like one of the guys who you know you roll with, and they absolutely push your shit in and like in effortless at one thirty five. Yeah, where you train at Jackson's? You trained with him? No, I was at the lab. Really? Yeah, he's uh, but he also he's no gi world champion, gi world champion. Like he beat uh, one of the Mendez brothers. You know, he's one of the best guys at, at jiu-jitsu at the current time. He's 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 amazing. I got to go with Mendes. Frankie did pretty good against Uriah Faber. He uh, did, but, but I think the jiu-jitsu, uh, like the space in between their levels is just so much. Uh, Aleskay Olnik is 50 and 10 against Victor Pesta. You know these guys? No idea. All right. Tony Martin, <laughs> Alex White. Uh, Jocelyn Jones-Leibarger. I love that girl. Uh, yeah. She's been to a bunch of my shows. Super cool. She's an interesting girl. I want to get her on the podcast. Her and her twin sister, her sister used to be an adult film star, not longer. Uh, and her, I know, her sister's a fighter. So her, 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 twin, her twin sister's her a, fighter, a fighter. And then the, the other. Her older yeah. sister's an adult film star. I got to talk to her and her parents because uh, they had three daughters too. Yeah. But she's super cool. I met her and her wife. Beautiful people. Oh, great people. Yeah. Really nice. And they, they're super positive. Yeah. They're awesome people. And uh, Jocelyn works her ass off. Too. Good, good. I, you know, and this is like the first fight she's ever had where it wasn't on like a week notice. Yeah, uh, she's fighting Nina uh, Ansaroff. Ansaroff, who is the girlfriend of uh, Alexis um, uh, of uh, Nunez. 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 This is an interesting fight. Two lesbians, <laughs> um, both uh, fighting. Uh, you know, I, I'm. This is. A, I don't know. I'm excited about this fight. It should be a good fight. Uh, hopefully, uh, Jocelyn wins just because uh, I, I know her. Uh, Walt Harris versus Chase Sherman. Uh, Chase used to be in Titan FC. Walt Harris is one of those dudes that either gets knocked out or he knocks you out. I like how Walt fights. You know, like that old school Jerome LeBanner style where like, I'm going to win or get KO'd. So I like it. Yeah. The killer be killed. That's exactly what happens. Uh, And then uh, 
Bojan Mahajevic, you know this guy? Yeah, he, uh, Yakim Christensen. I don't know either of these guys. Nope. Uh, so yes, yeah, so that's that's that coming up. I'm excited about that. That's actually pretty good. And then of course, um, do you like Chael or Tito in the Bellator card? I got Chael. Like you got to look at like when they wrestled. Like granted, it was what uh, a long time ago. A long time ago, but. What's his name? Chael is just like he's got that one tool set that he's just so good at. Is and at no point is he gonna like start trading and try and like pretend like he's a striker. He wants to take you down and mash you up. Sometimes Tito, like I think Tito, kind of falls in love with his with his hands. Sometimes you know he does. I'm you know and the thing about the thing that kind of worries me about Tito for this fight is he says this is his last fight ever. Oh. And normally when guys are saying that, mail it in. They're gonna mail it in. But at the same time, Tito, Tito has a huge ego mm. and does not want to lose to uh, to, to the tail. I mean, or go out on a loss, really. Yeah, so that's going to be in Inglewood, January twenty first. I will be there. Also on that card, though, is um, is uh, Paul Daly against. Uh, let me see this card. Main card: Chael Sonnen versus Tito Ortiz. Uh, Tito's record is eighteen, twelve, and one. But you know, he has fought the best guys in the world so. since almost like. After his first like alternate, like his first two fights where he was like an alternate in that one tournament. Yeah. yeah. Like besides that, he's fought nothing but really tough guys. Nothing but studs. Also, Hisaki Kato. He's oh, yeah. A, yeah. I like that guy. He did the, the Superman punch on Joe Schilling. And then knocked him out in kickboxing with a spinning back fist. Yeah. He's fighting Halleck Gracie. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't know Halleck was that big. I think he's broke also. He's definitely mm. fighting for money. Didn't he get sued on like many different occasions or something? Uh, yeah, that's 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 the word on the street. Just through all this stuff that's going on with Meta Morris that I, I think I think he was kind of, he wanted to compete again. Like it, this is after he, he had his match against Tonin too. So maybe that made him want to start. What happened against Tonin? He got, I think, heel hooked. Heel hooked. But like Tonin's a heel hook machine. But uh, I think this kind of like makes him want to compete again. Cato's a tough fight. He's so tough. He looks like he's really strong. And, uh, you know, like I, I think I'm going to go with Cato. I mean, last time Halleck Gracie had an MMA fight was how long ago? Sakuraba, like fucking seven years ago. <laughs> they're kind of throwing him. I mean, it's a tough fight for him. Yeah. They're not, they're not giving him. It's not like a gimmick fight. This dude's no. tough. Not like they're handing him Aki Bono like they did to Hoist Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brandon Ward versus Paul Daly. That's going to be a good fight. That's an interesting fight. I didn't know Brandon Ward can make 70. He throws bombs. And he can wrestle. And he can wrestle. He's an NCAA champion, right? Or Yeah, I think uh, so. But Paul Daly... Is Paul Daly. Is Paul Daly. <laughs> I think Brandon wins this fight. I, I think Brandon might even knock him out for some odd reason. Could maybe, but Or he'll wrestle fuck him. Mm. But Paul Daly could knock you out quickly. His hands are so big. Like I cornered him when he fought an MFC, Paul Daly. Yeah. He fought... Uh, uh, Nick Thompson, Nick the Goat. Yeah, I mean he had no one here, so me and my buddy cornered him <laughs> because we're like the only gym in town at the time. And uh, his hands are so big, so take my hand and then add two fingers to the side. It's we like got this photo of us all holding. It's like <laughs> yeah, we we're fighters, and I was like five and zero. <laughs> but like his hand, like just humongous. And and he was pretty. He's a pretty good guy. I like him. I'm gonna go with Paul because yeah. I have well, to. Didn't Brennan get knocked out also by um. The uh, the nerd guy, what's his name? The the guy in the UFC, I love him. He's Tandem McCory. Tandem knock him out. Right? I think in so. Like Thirteen seconds. It was. I did not expect that at all. And if Tandem's knocking you out, maybe Paul's gonna knock you out too. With but, his giant ham hands. But you're not expecting Tandem to knock you out, so that's maybe that's you know, mm. you're expect. You know Paul. You know how hard Paul's gonna hit. Yeah. Uh, Emmanuel Sanchez versus Georgie Karakanyan. 
I'm going with Georgie. He's so dynamic in in both the stand up and and how his jujitsu works too. I think. Yeah, there's a guy also who just hasn't caught a break. No I ACL mean, tear, ACL tear, fucking nothing. Nice go- guy. I've had yeah. him at my house before. Just, just to, you would never. I mean, a fighter, but doesn't walk around with any kind of chip on his shoulder. Uh, his English isn't that great. Remember when he fought Baba Jenkins and Baba said, uh, hide your wife, hide your kids. He thought he literally meant his wife and kids. So he's like, you can't talk about my wife and kids. Oh, but it, he didn't fuck. realize it was for a YouTube video. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, but I like Georgie. And he, he, he went to Israel, won his fight. Uh, he said, you know, this will be a second fight since Baba, uh, he knocked out Baba. Uh, Bubba's got to get going, man, because you know I think I know Bubba's in a big fight. Him and James Gallagher in a Twitter war. Oh, James that the like, guy from uh, Street Blast, right? He thinks he's from, the Conor McGregor. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that guy does not want to fight Bubba Jenkins. I mean, Bubba's wrestling is on a whole different level, and you won't be able to find that kind of wrestling. No, unless uh, you bring in some like I don't I don't even know who you could make bring in to mimic Bubba, you know, in terms of wrestling. or something. Yeah, bring in some kind of high, high level. High level guy, but also combined with like big for the weight class can make the weight and, and, and still like makes you worry about the punches, right? Yeah. Uh, Derek Anderson versus Derek Campos. Uh, ooh, I, I, I think I got a- Anderson. He, I, I like the way he fights. He like, he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, tough guy too. Yeah. Another guy. And then uh, Colleen Schneider, our girl Colleen is fighting, Rebecca Ruth. Oh um, man, Rebecca Ruth looks like she's ninety-seven years old. This picture is not. Ugh. I mean, they should. She looks oh. like that lady from. Uh, in this picture, she looks like the lady the from Conjuring. The Conjuring, <laughs> or the one in uh, the the one in um, where he was the bowler kingpin. Uh, she, she was the one that ran the. Oh yeah, yeah, the, like that rented he, him the house. Yeah, she looks like him, and that, and that's you know this this picture. The I'm kingpin. sure. I'm sure in real life, Rebecca Ruth is very attractive. Uh, <laughs> It just happens to be this one. And then a bunch of guys I've never heard of uh, are fighting. But that doesn't mean anything. Uh, I just don't know them. Uh, so, yeah. So, it should be good, though. It should be a good uh, good event. There's like eight fights on the prelim. Keith Berry is fighting against Kevin Casey. Really? So that should be a guy like that fight. And neither of them have their picks up. <laughs> yeah, come on. Kevin Casey is one of those dudes who looks like he's going to be a world beater. His, he has world champ jiu-jitsu. World class. He's a, a black belt under Hickson. Hickson. But just can't seem to put it together in the octagon. You know what reason. a big part of it is? Is uh, I think cardio. He's so like he's so big and strong too. It looks like like he's got big muscles and stuff. I think that's part of why he has so many cardio issues. Is just like he's just moving around so much muscle and like his first round. He's always first round. Yeah, but then he got, he got knocked out by Sam Alvey, uh, and everyone was calling it. I'm like, no, that's one of those fights where it's too easy to call. <laughs> like that happens all the time. Yeah. I'm like, like, like it's just I'm like there's no way he's gonna know he's not gonna know that Sam's just gonna try to knock him out and that's exactly Franken what Frankenstein in and get clipped by a counterpuncher. Yeah, and Keith Barry uh, is a guy who I know who's been into gym to gym to gym. Uh, he tested positive for something I think marijuana. Been on the podcast has slept with every female chick and groupie and playmate in Southern California. Really? Uh, Keith Berry is a stud. Uh, I've heard women fight over this dude. Uh, He's 15 and 13. uh, And then, uh, but uh, I like him. He's a good dude. (laughs) (laughs) He's a good guy. He likes dirty girls as well. Uh, Cody Bollinger is fighting on this card. Really? Against Henry Corrales. That's an interesting fight. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going with Corrales. I don't know, man. I know people that train with Bollinger, and they say in the gym, different level. In the gym's in the gym, though. Uh, Kraus seems to be more consistent, I think. 
Uh, and then Jack May is fighting Dave Cryer. Jack May just called out Travis Brown on Twitter. Oh. Uh, because uh, that whole thing. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's, that's the Bellator. Good, good card. Really good card. I'm excited about that. That's the week after next week. So we have two. We, this week we have off. And then we have two good weeks of, uh, of fighting. What, that Rebecca Ruth picture? This is a terrible picture. Yeah, and that, you know, I'm sure she's... And that's trying to be nice, too. It's just like, that's a bad photo. Some people just take bad pictures, and then they use that. They, they should do a better job with... Uh, she looks like Willem Dafoe with long hair. That's a compliment, actually. Uh, but, you know, listen, but I'm rooting for Colleen. Colleen's my girl. Well, she's Josh Barnett's girl, but she's, uh, she's my, my friend. She's a super cool chick. Great body on her. Damn. They must have some fun times, Josh Barnett. What do you think of Barnett getting busted again? Uh, it's it's sad. You know, like I wish his body looked better if he was always if he always gets caught. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you wish that he didn't look like your uncle Al that like just comes to fight. That's what he looks like. He looks like your your big uncle that and he just like fights like him. And he comes to fight. I love watching Josh Barnett. I'm really sad that you know he, he just gets caught with these things and can't fight and can't. It, it's it's too bad because I think he's super talented. And he's missed some of his best years because of it. Yeah, I, I talked to him about it a little bit. Um, he said it. You know, it's not what people think it is. You know, um, I guess it's, you know with this new testing, it could just be something like you know, like he's a second guy. Well, he's and for some reason I actually believe him. I, I, I do believe him. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think he's out there sticking any needles in his butt and trying to, to take an EPO. I, I don't know why. I, I don't. What, did, what did he get caught with? I don't know. Uh, but I don't think it's what... Cause, and I even told him, like, dude, there's no way you're on stuff. I've seen your body. <laughs> and then, and then he, he wrote back, it's hard to see my body when your face is underneath my ball sack. <laughs> so, so we had a good exchange. <laughs> like, but I, I like Josh. And I, I don't think that it's what... Think it is. I know another guy, Tom Lawler, mm-hmm. who said it's not what you think people are saying. Oh, really? Yeah. Well... Well, that's even worse because I really like watching Josh fight. He like he comes like when he comes in, like everything in. He, he just like it, he's fun to watch. Like it was fight with Arlovsky. Yeah, and he was just like he was throw bombs, trying to take the guy down, reversals. Like I, I like watching him fight. He's what that old school catch wrestling was about. It was about coming to fight. The thing about Josh is that you could, uh, I could honestly see him winning a title again. Yeah, and I don't know if that's because the heavy there's not a, a, that dominant heavyweight, but you could I could see him catching Stipe. I mean, I obviously if they fought, I would I would have Stipe winning just be, uh, based on youth and mm-hmm. and just where they are right now. But I could see Barnett catching Stipe in something. Uh, he, he has that skills. The heavyweight division is really wide open with Barnett's skill set. At any time, he can win a fight. He with his hands. Or with his uh, with his catch wrestling jujitsu, with his grappling, with either one, he can he can make he's dangerous for anyone to fight, regardless of whether you know, like guys like Kane, Verdum would be interesting. There's so many interesting fights for him. I just hope he a stays healthy, can figure out what's going on with that testing, and and I just want to see him fight. What do you think of the whole AKA guys pulling out? Like I mean, it was between Cormier, Khabib. Who's been, you know been hurt a lot? Mm-hmm. Luke Rockhold, uh, that's the third one. I think, and I think there's there's more guys over there. What do you think? I think the sparring is just too heavy. It's it's I, I, from because I, I I was there for a week or whatever, and you got like it's three sparring days a week. 
I think that that's just a product of too hard training. And, and like, I think every person should, some people need three days a week of sparring. Some people need one. Some people need once every two weeks. Some, you know, somewhere in the between. What do you need? Uh, I like one really good one and then one lighter one. Um, and sparring sessions usually go how many rounds? I, I try not to do more than four because these days of marathon sparring where you just, you're so tired and you're eating shots with a new guy in every round, it just ways to fuck up your brain. Um, overtraining was a big thing we focused on last camp was making sure not getting overtrained. So I learned a lot about that of, of training smarter, not harder. As you get older, you have to do that. But like a lot of these guys, young guys are like, they just want to get in there, get the experience, but they end up doing too many rounds where they're tired and eating shit the whole time, like getting kicked in the head and stuff like that. So it's finding that, that, that way in between in terms of, I think that they're doing too much hard sparring, but also look, they've everyone that they've produced has been a, there's no shitty fighters at AKA. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they're doing something right, but I think that they just need to adjust it so that they can make sure the guys make it to fights. Uh, now Tyron Woodley, Michael Bisbing has have agreed to a catch weight fight at 180. Uh, I think that's a, a lose lose for Bisbing. He, he, if he wins, yeah, he beat the 170 pounder. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he loses, now he's not now he's not even the best 185 pounder because you could argue that Tyron Woodley is now the champ at 185 as well. Yeah. So there's nothing in it for him other than he likes to fight and ego and everything else. Do you think it's going to happen? I, I it doesn't make sense uh money-wise for me. Why would you risk your 85 champ who who you know He's got enough tough guys at 85. Like Yol Romero is a very tough fight. Even Weidman, Jacare. Like there's a laundry list of uh, Rockhold. There's all these really good guys that he could be fighting. So you're going to tie him up in these bullshit fights. You know, like granted, they're super fights, but it does nothing for that actual division. And and Woodley, the only thing it helps is Woodley because he doesn't get enough exposure for how good he is. And then, you know, I think it'd be interesting. But he still has other fights to do. Wonder Boy, Damien Maya. Even a, a fight against uh, Connor would be in, more interesting, in my opinion, and will drive up his price value. Well, he's one of those guys where, I mean, you got this guy, he's a nice guy. He's, he, you know, obviously graduated college, but I think he even went to grad school. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does so much for his community. He does, he was born in uh, Ferguson. Yeah. He goes out and, like, teaches kids at schools, gives lessons. Talk, I mean, you talk about a positive role model. A uh, great fighter, knocked mm. out the champ in one minute or whatever it was. Yeah. that Robbie Lawler. Just a, a great guy. Uh, father of four, beautiful wife, beautiful family. Yet the fans do not seem to like him. Uh, they, they boo him. They Part of it is that he, on social media, will respond to some of these fans mm. uh, and get into Twitter fights with these people and it's like you you can never seem to win a twitter war nope. people are not going to say you know what you're right uh i was an idiot I and mean, that rarely happens i have seen it happen but, <laughs> but, but very rare and then they you know they think oh you're ducking wonder boy he fought wonder boy mm-hmm. he almost beat wonder boy but they like i i even see it it's just it's crazy why you would not get behind tyron woodley the guy is a great guy and, and uh, he's in movies. He was in the NWA movie. He's in, he's in TV. He's oh, I didn't he's know. A, you didn't know that exactly. Where, where, do where, I look like I've seen the NWA movie? No, it's a good movie though. 
you know, another guy, you know, Demetrius Johnson. Mm-hmm. They, they don't get behind him. I was at the the Palms. It wasn't even packed. Uh, at, oh, really? Yeah. I mean, oh, at, shit. at Demetrius Johnson's another guy that the fans don't get behind. Yet they get behind John Jones. Yet they get behind uh, certain people. They don't like Daniel Cormier for the most part. Another guy, Olympian wrestler, uh, two-time Olympian. Great person, nice guy, never gets in trouble. Nice to every single person he comes in contact with. Works at Fox Sports. It's like they they pick who who, who they like, and then it's weird. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. So well, if you take a look, like even look at, at Benson, Benson Henderson never got the credit for how good he was, and he was in a very tough time in in the UFC in the lightweight division, and he did really really well, you know. So, and he's taking tough fights, but they never, people never got behind him either. Uh, even Stipe, Stipe had, had an, a very uphill climb yeah. in terms of just getting to where he is in terms of people liking him. And he, he has a dry sense of humor. He's fucking hilarious. Yeah. He fights hard. Um, it's kind of almost like it's better, it's easier to like a bad boy, you know, like to, like, Bisping, shit talks, gives people a finger. Connor, same thing. Diaz it, brothers. Diaz brothers. Uh, you know, it's just it's easier for guys to get behind these bad boys than it is to to behind someone who's clean cut. You know, you don't want to be fucking cheering some dork who's playing Game Boy the in the I've fucking ever, park. Uh, one of the only times I've seen it recently was with GSP, mm. where and GSP was you know great guy, nice guy, and people went berserk for him, mm-hmm. even though he fought in a boring sense of humor. <laughs> a boring sense. He would, he would, you know, not necessarily put on the most fan-friendly fights. The people loved him. Yeah. Uh, Chael, another guy. Who, but he was kind of a bad boy, too. Like, yeah. he, he, would, he would talk shit, but he'd do it in, the, in, in probably one of the best ways I've seen. Uh, Chael is probably one of the kings of shit talking, but also he, he stole some from pro wrestling. Yeah. He stole that kind of mantra, and it was awesome, you know, like almost stealing verbatim Billy Graham's speeches. I think a lot of it also is the American fans. Um, Whereas, you know, Irish fans got behind Connor. Um, I remember what's her name fought in uh, Brussels or something. uh, Jermaine Durandame Mm -hmm. and people seem to love her over there. She's from the Netherlands. Netherlands. Right. Uh, Whereas, you know, certain fans will get behind, you know, Canadians got behind GSP and then everyone else did. Brazilians get behind their Brazilian fighters, uh, but you know Hawaiians got, got behind BJ Penn and then, Max and, and Max Holloway. Whereas American fans, I don't know if we're jaded, if we just expect it, or I think, what? I, I think part of it might be they they want something to go with their fighter. You know what I mean? Like they they almost take it. You know, I like how the Japanese love pro wrestling and then the, the fighting was there and they love the pro, like the ring entrance and stuff. Like they love fighting and they always like anyone who has that warrior spirit they love. And I think sometimes in the States, some, some people, I'm not saying all people, some people want, you know, they want something to go with their fighter. They want that pro wrestling feel with that reality of fighting. And, you know, you're not going to get that from, you know, a clean cut kid from Missouri who's just going to be there. He's just there because he loves fighting. They want someone you know who's gonna talk shit, wears a leather jacket, looks cool, smoking, you know, all that shit. You know, and and some people want that. Some people want because at the end of the day, even though it is a sport and it's fighting, it is also entertainment at the same time. Yeah, but it, yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess 
you know, the East New Yorkers get behind Frankie Edgar. Mm-hmm. But think about it. Like when when Connor came over here to from England to to Vegas to fight. I mean, you, the amount of Irish people were there because I was at these fights took up half the MGM. People that flew in from Ireland, men, women, yeah. you know, kid, they flew in. I can't think of one athlete if they fought in Ireland. Would any American go to follow them with to fight them? Maybe if they were already there, they'd show up. <laughs> yeah, if they just happened to live down the block or something, or they were doing a, studying abroad. But I can't think of one American athlete in any sport. No, not just in MMA, in in tennis, in boxing, in football. Does anybody ever travel with the? I mean, maybe the the the, the camp or, or the the yeah. uh, the trainer and the other one. But who's who's our biggest? Right now, the biggest fighter in the in the UFC, American fighter, would be Ronda Rousey, probably. Right? Mm-hmm. If Ronda fought in Ireland or in Spain, would anyone fly out to watch Ronda fight? I, I think uh, I think especially with someone like Ronda, you'd be a little bit surprised because there during that time where she was before the Holly fight, she was so like she was built up as this big big thing, and like with the DNB shit and yeah. like all the other stuff. Like I saw girls in like one of the kickboxing classes I was teaching wearing like I'm not a do nothing bitch shirt yeah. and I was like can you not wear that <laughs> but you know like during that she built up because now all these girls are getting into more contact sports yeah. so it's a good thing but at the same time Ronda might be one of those people people would follow because they just they so maybe Ronda but is there any other athlete in the US no I can't think of one no I can't think of any others besides potentially Ronda it's crazy. Americans, get on it, man. We need to we need to support our athletes uh, better. We need to become bigger Uber fans. I shouldn't have to have a gimmick, uh, but I but I understand. I get it. I think a lot of it's it's also like in the Olympics. Like when when the U.S. if we don't come in first place, it's like a we expect to come in first. Shameful, shameful bronze. You know, but it, like we, we we expect it. We expect to win, even though it's like how us Canadians are uh, during the Winter Games. Oh, you guys win everything? Well, no, we just do good in hockey. <laughs> Sometimes curling. Do you ever play hockey or no? No, I, I, I can barely skate. Yeah. Although, like, I, I went and skated in the States one time. They're like, well, you can barely skate. Come and I was better than, like, most Americans. Oh, yeah. Like, my barely skate is, like, better than, than normal people. Well, not, like, muggles. Yeah, and you didn't wrestle at all either, right? In high school? Me? Yeah. I wrestled, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was, like, one of the few people that wrestled. How, how, how'd you do? I was okay, and then I did some in college, and I did even worse. But it gave me this work ethic, you know? And uh, I'm happy I did it. I was just, like, in that weird weight class between 63 and, like, 70 kilos, and both guys I that were on my team were national champions. So it's like, well, you're never going to – like, you can do the open tournaments. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. I remember I went to a <laughs> BU wrestling camp, and I was in eighth grade, Carl Adams, and they had a bunch of Canadian kids came down, and we had our big tournament at the end. And this kid would have beaten me, but he didn't know regular rules. He was all freestyle. Yeah, you, and you guys all do folk style, yeah, so it just fuck, it fucks so with us. He, he, he would have won, but he just but he, <laughs> he wasn't getting any points. He was just kind of he was gaining freestyle points. Yeah. So I, I ended up beating him, but it was complete <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> like, Can't lock your hands and all this other shit. And you're like, why? Why am I not getting any points? Yeah, he was barrel rolling me yeah. all around, but he wasn't sticking me. This guy. So. What, like I, I've never figured out why you, you guys do so much folk style, but the Olympics, like Olympics, is always the main goal, right? It's so stupid. We're the only country that does folk style, 
Uh, if we were and did folk style, we would do so much better in the Olympics. We we, we would win every almost every year probably if there well, was folk style there. Like I was watching this this thing like Kyle Dake was doing this one thing, and he's like he was changing between folk style and freestyle rules, in, like in between season or whatever. He's like, yeah, it always gets to me, and it's like you're taking someone who's so talented, so good, and he has to change his rules because he doesn't really yeah because like during college they always focus on on the folk style national championships all that stuff right yeah and then you but you want to go to worlds you want to go to the olympics but you don't we don't do folk style at those tournaments we, yeah <laughs> i was horrible at, at freestyle and there was a kid on my team that was ranked sixth in the world in greco in college <laughs> and then but he he like he wasn't national he wasn't even like a d3 champion uh <laughs> really he was ranked sixth in the world in greco <laughs> people he's one of the only guys that did it and poor greco just no one likes it <laughs> yeah seriously yeah and, i mean how many guys i know probably uh hendo is the only guy to really in mma to come from greco roman wrestling uh, randy as well randy, randy did randy couture did very well in, in it as well but um a lot of it makes sense of how it would transfer over well for for mma because not always focusing on changing levels and coming in if you can break that distance and clinch, because clinching is easier than shooting, in my opinion, because always a clinch happens somewhere. I think that if you had a better Greco game, it can always make you more dangerous and yeah. always holding on. Because I, I wrestled, you know, it's like when you grab a hold of a judo guy and they just like have this innate weird strength. Yeah. Like they've been a plumber for 30 years, like just this weird grip strength they can't deal with. Same thing with Greco guys. When they grab you, you don't move. Yeah, that's true. That is so true. It's so funny that everyone like is telling like, "Oh, Ronda's coach sucks." I'm like, I've been saying that for four years. Yeah, like I because I saw what ha- what was happening with Ellenberger, mm-hmm. and you know when Ellenberger went over there and he was they were trying to break down everything he did and start from scratch. I'm like, you can't do that when a guy has 24 wins in the octagon or whatever he does. Like, it's one thing if you're a middle school coach and a kid's coming in from nothing. Yeah, and, you, and you're, okay, I have, to, I have to literally teach you from nothing, but. It, if I'm a high school coach and there's a kid that transfers in who's already really good, I'm not going to like just t- I'm going to take what he does and kind of add stuff versus try to recreate. And I saw what was going on with Edmund with, you know, Shayna Baszler and, and Jessamyn Duke and uh, and Marina and Ellenberger and even Manny. Uh, that one fight, he almost he was getting lit up by the Google me go, uh, that's name, that <laughs> I know kid. You, I yeah. love that kid. I forgot his name. Right? It's a uh, don't love him that much. Apparently. No, he came to my show. He lives there. He lives up in like by Fresno. Uh, that kid got screwed. By the way, he he just he was always he's just one of those guys that got lost in the cracks. Mm-hmm. Like he lost two split decisions or something, and they let him go. Fuck. Uh, but yeah, that kid. I just so what, so what was happening? And I'm like, okay, this dude is not a good coach, and. People like, could I be a better coach? No, but you have to know when you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. If somebody came up to me and said, "Adam, I need help with uh, with Shakespeare," I'd be like, "Sorry, I I really can't help you with Shakespeare." Uh, Adam, hey, I need help with nuclear fusion. I have no idea what I'm talking about, <laughs> but I wouldn't just pretend to know what I'm talking about for a paycheck. Yeah, but like the thing is too is with a good coach won't just instill their style on on someone and he's a, from a boxing background supposedly yeah well he's had other he's had other boxers underneath him um darchinian i think that was after and like and Vin like lost like four out of five fights with him well also darchinian had a style that was all his own and you're not going to change yeah darchinian but also um 
it it shouldn't be he shouldn't be just trying to make everyone a boxer because that obviously took away from what they're good at. Ronda being such a powerful judoka and can obviously throw good athlete, hyper mobile. But if uh, he's trying to make her do straight punches, the time she should have been striking was to close the distance and to get her clinch. You know, uh, with with uh, with with like Jake, he, you're you're you don't want to take away his explosive wrestling and his explosive punching and turn him into just a boxer when he's a puncher. You know, what I mean, like yeah. you got to make every person who's uh, separate separate you gotta make them have their own style you don't want to make everyone a carbon copy of you because then you're stuck with guys that suck it's the same thing as like as far as like people asking adam what you should teach comedy and i'm like huh you know like i i have taught comedy to the extent of like like somebody look was really good at like my website so i gave him comedy lessons like i bartered comedy stuff <laughs> like and there was a girl that was teaching me pilates because i couldn't move so she was i was doing like sit-ups for like an hour and i would do comedy with her <laughs> But the, it's like teaching comedy, you really could only, it's hard to teach stand-up comedy because it, it's, it's so much about it. I mean, what Gallagher did uh, when he, you know, does watermelons is, is different than what Dangerfield did, different than what, you know, Kevin Hart did, and different than what Hedberg did. But all those people are very successful comedians. Um, you know, th- there's really no law, rules in stand-up comedy other than be funny. That's the only rule, and even that's subjective. Mm-hmm. You know, it, there are people that I'm sure people would have told Larry the Cable Guy to lose the gimmick. Uh, he's flying around in his own private jet right now. And same with Carrot Top, like oh, prop comedy sucks. Yeah, you know, tell it to the guy who's making six million a year in Vegas. So it's just that much. Yeah, it's just it's hard to teach. It's not hard to teach. Also, it's you can only kind of teach the way that you would do it. I mean, there are a certain comedy i mean greg greg wilson's very good uh he you know greg's probably but you also what my opinion would have to learn from a professional comedian there are people out there that are teaching comedy that have never done comedy uh and then you could say well greg jackson had never had a fight but i think it's a little different um but like a lot of what like greg competing lots of grappling stuff you know what i mean but also a, a lot of what he does is he's able to breakdown he has that strategic mind yeah like and just listening to him talk like when i worked with him a little bit the way he's able to break down games is it's almost more based on a strategy and like like he would be perfect for someone in like the old days for medieval wars and shit like that because he would be able to break down everything just step by step and and i think it's just because he has such a good engineering mind and he's turned it into combined it with something he loves and i think that's the difference is like he has competed in like in 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 grappling and in and maybe like the pancreation style stuff, but what uh, belt is he? I think everything he's done is nogi. I don't really know. I I, I it's one of those things where you, you don't want to ask yeah. because like regardless of what what belt he is, he's a genius when it comes to grappling, but also he's uh he's kicking your ass with stuff you've never seen before too, right? So it's, it's I, I like I like the way he breaks things Does down. Does he ever actually spar or roll? Uh, not when I was there, but he was, he would be there for his classes and then he would do some private work with some of the guys who were getting ready for fights and stuff like that. He, he's always in there and showing you and like he gets, he gets his hands dirty while doing it and kind of showing you with resistance and stuff like that. But, uh, I haven't seen him roll personally, but 
You know, he makes me laugh during fights. I love it when he coaches because his accent comes out and he did, he talks to you like you're a four year old, but it, it 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 works. I mean, it really does seem to work, especially when it's cowboy or someone or he's just he he does never panic. I mean, you could get knocked down four times in a round, come back, and he just totally talks to you as if you'd won the round. He's really good at that. I think it's an understanding of sports psychology as well that he that he has. I think that that changes it a little bit. He just with my interactions with him, you can tell he's intellectual and and I think he finds where his common ground is with because he'll probably he'll talk to me differently than he would like to Cub Swanson to Devin Clark who was there or like whomever. He has to whatever he everyone's separate and he has to talk to them their own separate way. Did you train with Cub at all? Uh, no, he came in at the very end of uh, of my camp. So what about uh, Burchek? I never. Anthony Burchek? No, uh, I, I've met him when he fought in MFC and stuff. He's a really nice guy. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. He, he, him and Pavlich had some kind of issue or something. That's uh, shocking. <laughs> Mark Pavlich, <laughs> <laughs> that dude. He needs to come back to MMA. The MMA world misses Mark Pavlich. I agree. Yeah. I, we need a new MFC for the Pavlich grind 4.0 or whatever it is now 6.0, 3.0. But, uh, Follow him on Snapchat. It's it, it's awesome. Nice. Well, listen, this has been a lot of fun, Mitch Clark. Uh, you know, you're a you're you're a great fighter. You're a great guy. You're Canadian. Uh, nice guy. You're now dating a girl. She's, she's adorable. Sarah, right? Your name, Sarah. Yeah, yeah Sarah. <laughs> uh, good luck with that. Uh, you have a great family. Your, your oh, dad, yeah. your hot stepmom. <laughs> so good luck with everything. Uh, where can people follow you? Uh, Twitter and Instagram is Mitch Clark MMA, and then I have my own Facebook uh, fan page, Mitch Clark MMA. So it's all pretty easy to remember for me. Nice uh, people. Next week I will be in Minnesota at the Mall of America in Minnesota at the um, the House of Comedy. This week I'm in Edmonton till Sunday at the Comic Strip in Edmonton. Uh, Mitch will be there if you could. He's doing a meet and greet after the show. If, if you, they'll if, let me in, if this you like time. him, grab his balls, guys. Guys, he loves it when he, guys grab his nuts. And te- no, I'm kidding. Don't do that at all. But uh, thank you guys so much. Take care and have a good week.